0: Well, good morning again. I uh, am thrilled to be here. Good, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. Cool. I'm, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. If you were given a green piece of paper, also known as our worship handout, I want you to take some time and just open it all the way up. Uh, just a quick reminder, all of our connect groups are, are this week. Those are the meeting times. There's phone numbers to contact. But if you look all the way to the right, I don't want you to miss this. Okay? We have some professional skaters. I talked to some on Wednesday. Professional roller skaters that go to Connection. Um, so they're going to be putting on their talents. But if, listen, if you're an amateur novice, maybe if you've never been skating before, you have children, you want to just come and hang out with us. We're having a skating day this coming Saturday, the 24th, 3 p.m. at Bonanza Rama. Right, uh, we're gonna have a fun time. Uh, Connect. This is a connection sponsored event. Um, invite friends. Uh, we're gonna have a day of celebration for about a day, an hour and a half of, of hanging out together. Connection is gonna cover the price of your skate rentals and everything. Uh, you guys take care of if you want some concessions or not. But you guys come, hang out with us. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun time as we as we get together. Um, man, I uh, today was one of those days where. Uh, we got a we got a sick little one at home, and and uh, I know that everybody in here has dealt with sickness, and you or your children or relatives this this fall and spring season. But it's a, it's a day that uh, my wife. My wife speaks acts of service, but last night she gave acts of service to me. She said, I'm going to stay up with Lydia. She's got a little bit of a fever. Uh, so she sacrificed, uh, parents know, sacrificing hours in, in the evening, right in the night. Uh, she did that so I could sleep. And just thankful. But I woke up this morning, well, more rested than she did. And um, I just woke up this morning and I was just, I was just happy. I don't know if you've ever woke up like this. And some of you, if you woke up happy, it would be really weird. Was like, because normally, I talk to some people that aren't morning people this morning, and they say, oh, give us a minute, we'll wake up. Okay? So, but but some, some of us just... It's morning, right? And, and a lot of us are happy in the morning, and some of us are like anti-happy. Okay, you're anything but happy. Well, um, this morning, I woke up, and I was exceptionally excited, because um, I have been praying, and I just want to let you in on this. I have been praying... Um, That God would do things not for us, with us. That God would use the people and, and connection to further His kingdom. And it's a big deal. Like, I, I'm praying scary prayers. God, the only way that this is going to work, the the stuff that God gives me, I'm like, God, the only way this is going to work is if we trust you. And he goes, that's the point. <laughs> right? We, we do that, don't we? we, we, we Sometimes we put, we put God in a box. We say, hmm, hmm, hmm. We put Him here and tap the lid on and say, stay there. And when I need you, I'll let you out. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 20. And, uh, Do we have any acts of service people in here? This is your love language? This is a popular one. Anybody? Alright. You you enjoy people doing things for you. Dishes, like Christina said. Dishes, laundry, uh, going to the store. Um, This is my wife's number one. So I, I I I I haven't always spoken this language. And if you're in our connect groups, you realize that if it's not the way that you're loved, you have to learn how they're loved. And you have to learn to speak a different language of love. Because without that, they don't feel, if I loved Mary how I feel loved, it's not how she's loved. Um, if, you had, if you ever had a teacher, and I, just have, I have an education background so I know this, if you teach someone how you learn, it's not necessarily how they learn. Uh, some people can listen to lectures and just get it. Other people, like me, need to have discussion or have my hands on something so I can learn how to do it. Okay? It's different. Okay. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 20 today. Um, but do you know what it was like as I sat over here, stood over here to listen listening to Connection Church sing. Wow. Now some of you back here maybe couldn't couldn't see me, but I was almost and well, I did a couple times. I, I was I was I was bouncing during worship. And I don't just do that. Just don't just do that today. Uh, but I, it's a big deal that that we see two sermons a week at our church. Sometimes more than that. If you, first impressions, and I'm not I'm not leaving anyone out. But you hear theologically correct, doctrinal affirmed words in songs because that is a big deal. And then we get to study God's word together. So I'm very thankful for for Jack uh, and and Christina today, but um, and the band because it is a big deal that we sing not only songs to God, but that we sing correctly worded songs to God. Because theology and doctrine in song is just as important, just as important as this. That's why some of the new newer music like we were doing today, and there's some newer songs out there, but they take the Bible and they just. What, what a concept, because David did this, like, you know, a long time ago. It's not new, but we, get it, we, get it, we have our own agenda in music sometimes, okay? But watch that, we're going to get into that word again. Um, but I was, listening, I was listening to everybody sing, and we know that acts of service, if you speak the language of acts of service, and somebody does something for you in love, you know that that fills up your love tank. How full do you think God's love tank is this morning? I bet he's bursting at the seams, going, "That's my kids, right? Yes, yes, that's what I want you to do." When David worshipped in, in, in with sheep, okay, the first original audience for worship, praise and worship, was sheep, okay. So, so, but, but David would sing and dance, and it pleased the Lord. Some of you that know the song "Hallelujah," you probably got that running through your head now. David played and it pleased the Lord. Okay. Ah. <laughs> oh. But the Bible tells us to worship, to lift our voices. Here you go. Good or bad. If you can carry a tune in a bucket or if you need a lid, right? It doesn't matter. God says he wants to lift. We're to lift our voices and we're to sing and we're to worship with our actions. And that's what acts of service is. You do not have to speak acts of service to learn the language. If you're a gift person, or you're a words of affirmation person, or you're a physical touch person, and you eh, acts of service, eh, maybe, maybe not. Learn to speak it because you have people in your life that speak that love language. You can love them well that way. Jesus, as Christina mentioned, shows us the greatest act of service in this Easter season as he goes. He goes to the cross. We're going to talk about that today in Matthew chapter twenty. Uh, but we're going to we're going to just just check this out. Taking out the trash, doing the laundry. When something is done for a person that speaks this love language, it fills their love tank up. We all have one. You all have a love tank inside you. Maybe this morning you're sitting there going, man, I'm so happy. My husband made me breakfast, or my wife did this, or whatever, 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 whatever. And they loved you in the way that you're loved. And maybe you're sitting here today going, oh, my love tank is so full. Right, and you're just like sweating, happy? Okay. Some of you may be in the middle, maybe maybe you're maybe you're half tank. And some of you may be empty. Listen, God wants to fill your love tank today. He wants you to know how good he is. He wants you to know how big he is, that those problems that you're looking at or you're you're messing with or you're or you're you're involved in right now. God wants to say, Listen. We're getting ready to celebrate me raising my son from the dead. If death, if death doesn't stop me, your stuff won't either. But this morning I want to I pray for us. I want to ask God to, to speak in ways that I can't. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to us as we, as we listen and we learn about God's word this morning. So if you would, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. God, it is your breath in our lungs. So we shout out our praise to you, God, in song and in studying of your word, in welcoming people, having coffee together, eating popcorn together. God, what a wonderful day Sundays are at Connection that we get to gather together. And God, right now, I pray, I pray that God, your Holy Spirit speaks to hearts. That may have never heard you before. That, they, that you speak to people's minds that have stuff going on. God, I pray that you envelop this place. God, in Jesus' name, we, we pray all the, the negative stuff out of this place. God, the, the, the Satan's temptation stuff, just out of this place right now. God, that you would just pour out your spirit on us as we worship by studying your word. God, help us to get a real picture this morning of, of this lesson on acts of service. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. I did. I'm telling you right now. i am standing right there. It's your breath in our lungs and we shout out your praise. 11 o'clock people are getting ready to get like a worship, I don't know, I'm just going to start bouncing, maybe a trampoline, that'd be good, We start jumping up and down if you can't get excited about what Jesus did or you can't get excited, if you have a relationship with Christ and you cannot get excited by singing, it's your breath in our lungs so we'll shout out your praise your spiritual wood is completely soaking wet you can't start a fire with wet wood God says, I want you to come into this place, I want you to study, I want you to get excited about me. Think about what God has done in your life. What kind of acts of service has God done for you? If you have your worship handout, check this out. The very first blank in here says, people may forget what you said to them, but they won't forget what you did for them. If you've been a part of this study, you've understood that we haven't... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not preaching through the Five Love Languages book. We're kind of doing that on, on, on our Connect Group time. But I'm looking at acts of service and what they look like in Scripture. Some of you in here right now understand this in an extravagant manner. People may forget what you said to them. Have a good day. I love you. Things like this. But they won't forget what you did for them. not forget. For instance, I have not, I've never forgot when Mike was on his deathbed in his house, and I went to his house, and Pastor Mike if you're not, he's, a, he's our former pastor, he passed away uh, three and a half years ago, and I went to his house barely could speak laying in a just in a hospital bed in his living room, and I will never forget this, man. I will never forget this. I was laying there. We knew the time was pretty short. So did he. And he motioned for me to come over by his bed. I was talking with Lord. He said, I "Wasn't able to speak very loud." I said, "What's going on?" No, you know, just one day closer to meeting Jesus. Not only did people like this show us how to live, they showed us how to die. They showed us how to die because Mike did something that many of us know. And I pray that I can do this. He never let his foot off of the spiritual accelerator at all. He went right out of this life and into the presence of our Heavenly Father. And he was met well done. (laughs) Well done, my son. (laughs) <laughs> but I leaned over that day. I knew my time was short. I knew that I, wanted, I had some stuff that I wanted to tell him before he passed away. And I, I leaned down and I said, Thank you so much for all the time that you spent with me. You spent seven years pouring into my life. I said, Thank you for meeting with me when it wasn't convenient thank you for opening your house to me. Thank you for buying me lunch. Thank you for all of these things. I never forgot what He did for me. Never. Be that person. Please. This is what God is calling us to do. He says, be this person. This kind of action is not just lip service. We hear this all the time. I'll pray for you. Okay, If you tell someone that, the Bible says to do it, because if you don't, you just lied and lying to sin. Revelation 21, eight. And there's a song about that the kids, the kids sing. If you know that song, you're probably going through your head now too. But they'll never forget. They'll never forget. I'll never forget being at the cemetery in Fairfield, Illinois, at my grandfather's military uh, rights uh, graveside burial. And I was out there. It was not a good day. I'd lost my grandpa and my grandma within six weeks of each other. I was just done. <laughs> I'm like, God, I cannot take any more of this. And I, I'm, I'm at this funeral and I look over and there's a friend of mine that lives four and a half hours away from me. And he could not leave early enough to make it to the funeral. He stayed 30 minutes with me. He said, man, I've got 30 minutes. And he got into the, his truck and he drove back. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget what they did. But so often in this life, we just go through it and we completely forget what Jesus has done for you. And me. Because we're... I want you to say this word back to me. It's not going to be friendly, Okay? I want you to say, I'm. Okay, that was almost, almost a good try. Say, I'm. Selfish. There. Now, we all admitted it. You're born that way. And we get in God's way. We do. We'll never. See, God wants to do things, and sometimes we, we think, oh, yeah, I'm just standing here. Listen, if you're standing stagnant, you're not pro... you're not going forward. You're not going forward. 11%. 11%. Of churches in the United States, eleven percent are growing. That should alarm the snot out of you. That means eighty-nine are not growing. Eighty-nine out of a hundred churches are not growing. So what's God doing here? God is moving like I've never seen him move before. <laughs> and it's awesome. I can't. I can't wait, but I don't want to stand in the way. If you're, if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter twenty. And as you turn there, I, I, I want to. Sh- I want to tell you that I walked around church this morning, and I saw people doing tasks that some of you never see. Cooking coffee, brewing coffee, cooking popcorn, doing the dishes. Do you remember what I said? If you doing the dishes already this morning, they are like, man, what a job. I know I hate dishes, okay? But they're doing them and they were smiling, weirdos. They're smiling. They're running the vacuum and they're smiling. Get your kids to do that. Video it. I bet it doesn't happen. When's the last time? Mom, I, can I please vacuum? The house. The first thing that comes out of a parent's mouth when the kid does it is, What did you do? Right? We, we, we have to serve. We have to serve. And, and I'm going to read a couple verses pre-looking at verse 20. We're going to be at verse 20. But I want to show you this. We're talking about Jesus being the greatest act of service. But in verse 17, if you have your Bibles or on your phone, it's not on the screen. Listen to this. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside privately. Thirteen people in attendance in the meetings, what the Bible says, okay? Jesus and the twelve disciples. He took them away privately. He did this often, by the way. And He told them what was going to happen to Him. He said, listen, in verse 18, He said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man, He calls Himself this, Daniel called Him the Son of Man 700 years before He was born. He used this authoritative name. The Son of Man will be betrayed to the leading priests, the Pharisees, and the teachers of religious law, the Pharisees. They They will send Him to die. Now, He's talking... In third person, right? He's sitting here going, I'm the Son of Man. He's had this private meeting. He says, you know, I'm going to be betrayed. In verse 19, said They will hand him over to the Romans to be mocked, flogged with a whip, and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Whoa. We just got the entire Easter crucifixion part of the story in, you know, three or four verses. In, in, a, in, a, in a meeting. Okay, we've all been a part of a meeting. Maybe a big meeting, maybe a really small meeting. Maybe it's one-on-one. This was with 13 people. Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem because I'm going to die. I'm going to be the sacrifice for your sin. And then he says at the very end, but, I love, I love, I love when you read buts in the Bible. Because Revelation 21.8 has one. It says all liars and idolaters and drunkards and all this list of everybody on earth. It says that you will go to hell for doing those things. It's the consequences. But it says the gift of God is eternal heaven because there's forgiveness from Jesus. And Jesus is talking to these guys and He's like, listen. This is what's going to happen. 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 Got it? This is what I think the disciples look like in that meeting. You what? What? In one verse, we see it. One verse that explains that this just went right over their head. Oh, Jesus is talking about someone else. Yeah, because there's only one person in history that has been called the Son of Man. Let alone it be prophesied about Him. Oh my. Jesus has just finished a very serious discussion with his disciples. And look what happens in the very next verse. In the meeting they said, okay, break. One, two, three, team, and they go. Okay? Now now they're around other people. The next verse. The next verse. Look at verse 20. Look at this. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of thunder, if you know who that is. These guys are awesome dudes. So the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. You come on, let's go. We're talking to Jesus right now. Anybody ever been dra- drugged by your mother like this? Come on, let's go. They said, we're going to Jesus right now. <laughs> Many of us are laughing because we literally have been there, right? <laughs> So she brings James and John, the sons of Zebedee. He's, he's saying this. Matthew's recording this because he's giving you people to show you the authenticity of this. He says, He, come, he came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. Awesome. She goes, You get over here. Now we're talking to Jesus. You act right. Can you imagine that? We're we're talking to Jesus. You act right. Right? You can have a fight in the car. And whenever you come into, like, especially church, you will act right. But we will talk later. Right? And I have no idea. I've never heard my mom speak that deep in a voice. If you ever. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. And, then she, and if she's answering the phone, or she's walking in hey, what? You, women moms have this switch. You know, me and my sister would be going at it. The phone rings. Me and my sister would look at each other like, this person on the other end of this phone is getting ready to get killed through the phone. And she's like, you guys don't say a word. Hello? What? <laughs> so this mom, this, if you've ever coached or been a part of this, if Jesus is the coach, this lady is that mom. Oh, my kids aren't getting enough playing time. We need to talk. Can we schedule a meeting? We need to talk. Evidently, you haven't seen how good they are. Listen. Just watch. She comes to Jesus, and she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. This is completely appropriate. She kneels, showing that Jesus is her Lord. That's submission. Okay? She kneels. She gets in a lower um, a lower um, position. It shows that Jesus is... But look what she does. She asks a favor. She's talking to Jesus. He already knows the question she's going to ask. She goes, you get yourself over here. We're talking to Jesus today. Clean yourself. Mom spit. Get all over the face. She goes, goes, you guys stand right here. Jesus. Switches. Watch this. What's your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and the other on your left. Give my sons authority, power, famous, make them this. This is the problem with you and me. I included myself with you. This is my problem. This is her problem. Don't let your agenda get in the way of God moving in your life. I ran around my house about ten times yesterday, letting God just Chuck Norris kick me in the face with this scripture. It's a real thing, I think. Chuck Norris is a Christian, so we talk about him in church. So it's okay, and he's awesome. But God, God just—I I was practicing this sermon, and I was—I was multitasking. I was helping picking around the house, and I was walking around the house, and I was—I I was practicing this sermon, I was rehearsing, preaching it. And God kept saying, "Stop saying it to people and move yourself out of my way." I don't know if God ever speaks to you that plainly, but He did to me. Maybe He's speaking to you that way right now. Move yourself out of the way, because this is not about you or me. We don't say, Matt, it's your breath, Matt. No, we don't. The, the, the Christian Communion that rewrote the the songs the, the song it 's all about you Jesus, and he rewrote it it 's all about me jesus it 's not about you it 's a parody don 't go home and say well matt preach it no 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 he 's making fun of what we do. You have to move yourself out of the way, but this lady doesn 't get it here 's the problem with this. Who out of these three people, James, John, and the mom, who was present the verse before in a meeting with the Son of God? James and John. Whew! They missed it. They missed it. Many of these disciples, well, you can see in scripture, look back to what Jesus said to go, oh yeah, he did say that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah selective hearing is practiced by the disciples right here. If it's good, we want to hear it. If it's bad, nope. Don't want to hear it. Unfortunately, this kind of worship happens all the time. We come to God with an agenda. When's the last time you came to God with an open book and said, God, teach me, show me. Wreck me spiritually. Scary. Move me out of the way. No, you can't because you're too too prideful. I can do it. Get out of my way. I'll do it, God. Fine. And He lets you, because He's God. He lets you, and then you fall on your face, and you have to come back and go, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. But we get so caught up in, it's all about me. I want it my way. I want. It. Listen, I talk with people all the time. Probably, it's one of the top three answers that I give them. You're in the way. It's your pride. You're selfish. Stop. <laughs> And they go, well, you're the pastor. Yeah, I've got it too. But I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. I'm not done. But I've been trying to go to God, especially yesterday. I did. I said, God, I'm... (laughs) Hmm. I get in the way. Change me. And you know, after I had that conversation from God, with God, and I, and I, and I, and I was praying, and I was, I was doing things, do you know what started coming into my head? More of Him. I said, God, I want, I want to pray. This is, this is a good selfishness to have. Right? I want to pray scary prayers that only you can make come true. I want to do things and help lead people to do things that only your power can do that way that Paul writes and he says that way I can't boast about it, it's all God this building that you're sitting in is all God 100,000% God 1,000,000% if you were with us at the primary center, you understand how we got here, God God, we haven't had to set up a stage in three and a half years anybody remember that? we have to get out of God's way It's recorded in the book of John that John's mother was at the cross too. Probably a relative of Mary. Probably, maybe she felt like she was a family friend, and she thought this is this is a scary word. Don't go around this life as a follower of Jesus telling people that they owe you something. You're not in a place. You are not in a place of uppityness to say I'm owed this. I taught in school, and I'm around adults and people all the time. Entitlement is anti-gospel. Nobody owes you anything, you owe Jesus everything. We want to see our children succeed, sure. But when our desires go against God's will and God's plan, it's wrong. It's wrong if your priorities are out of whack. If your priorities say, "I love my wife and my kids," and then God, and then my church. Your priorities are out of whack. If you cannot look at your spouse, or friend, or person that you you're involved with, if you if you look at them and say, if you cannot look at them and say, "I love you second after God only," you're setting yourself up for something to go wrong. Your priorities have to be right. This lady's priorities were. I have two famous sons and they're disciples, and they're awesome. They follow Jesus and they're really popular. Jesus, can you make them famous? This is literally what she's asking the son of God. Can you yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you ever heard I heard I heard a young person, a young kid, apologize this week. Okay? We teach our children to apologize when they do something wrong, right? This is how the apology went. Ready? <clears throat> sorry but can i have a snack (laughs) i'll say that again maybe you guys haven't heard this from kids in a little while (laughs) i'm sorry can i have a snack that's a sorry i got caught not a repentant they're not they're not repenting of anything but so many christians for so long and so many percentage points of their life have went to god say hey i'm sorry but can i have this hey I'm sorry can I have this can I pull on the genie handle one more time God because I'm really sorry for what I did and God says if you're really sorry turn the other way stop let me change you then we we get this attitude back Say, no I'm good I'm really good some people in this world will give themselves a trophy just to give themselves a trophy they're so prideful oh yeah I'm good Man, and this lady, their mom. Look at verse 22. The buts in the Bible are really good. But when, G- but, when, but when it says this and Jesus starts correcting, it gets just a tad sharp. Okay? But Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you are asking. The mom is wanting James and John to be on each side of Jesus in heaven. Jesus already has a seat in heaven. He sits there today on the right hand of the Father. No one has any authority to ever sit. He gets seat back every single time. You know, he gets shotgun every day. He is on the right hand of God. So first of all, there's not even a chair to the left that any human will ever occupy. That is occupied by God the Father. Who sits somehow elevated above heaven and above perfection. So Jesus in his, is going to be in his place. And there's not even a seat to the left that this guy could even sit in. And he says, you don't know what you're asking. If you study scripture, Jesus gets pretty frank with a lot of his disciples. He calls Peter Satan. Why? Because Peter had his own agenda and he was getting in the way. Pride. Pride. Wow, is there a common theme with these, with these disciples and us? Yes. We're both prideful. I, I, I'm not sorry for telling you this because we need to change. It says, are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? They, have, they were just in the meeting. <laughs> they were just in the meeting that Jesus says, I'm going to die, arrested by the Romans, I'm going to be beaten, mocked, and flogged. This is not even the cup in its entirety that Jesus will endure. They have no, they have no understanding. That God Himself would pour out every sin and the wrath of, on every sin of anybody ever to exist on planet earth onto His own Son. They had no way of understanding this. They couldn't do it. Jesus was the only one to do it because these two guys had sinned. Obviously, they just sinned by their pride. Just right there. And look at this smart aleck answer. Oh Yeah. Growing up like I did in a small town, and you had a and you had a and you you rode your your bike everywhere. We all had that one friend, don't call them out by name, but guys, especially when you and I grew up in the 90s and we ramped everything. Okay, you just you just ramped everything. It's amazing that all my limbs and stuff work, okay, because there's some pretty good wipeouts too. But we ramped everything, and we all have this one friend that had, if you've caught a five-pound bass, they've caught six. If you've done this, they've done it twice. They have all these, they, I call them one-uppers. They'll always one-up you in a story. Now watch, I had this buddy There's this huge dip. I mean, it's like six or seven feet wide. If you grew up in the 90s or whenever, and you, and you, and you know about ramping stuff with your bike, that's a haul. That's a jump. We're not talking anything motorized, except you are powering it. okay? And with this great big hill, so we had enough, you know, gravity was on our side to help us get there and hit this ramp. And he said, I literally, one of the few times that I didn't say, hey guys, watch this, thank goodness. And I said, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. One of the clearest recollections I have I'm like, I know No, don't think so. I'm talking a a ditch that's four or five foot deep, six or seven foot across. This is not okay. I'm like, "Mm, this is going to (laughs) hurt. My one upper friend, no, I got it. I can do it. Sure, you can. He made it straight to the bottom of the ditch. Awesome. I mean, we we're, were all like, like he. This is how this, is how it went. We were here standing by the ramp because you want to get really cool. You know, this is going to be cool if he makes it. He's not going to. So he he goes up in the hill, and now all of our conversations immediately turn as soon as he's out of earshot. Go. there's no way he's making this. <laughs> you know, we, this was free cell phone, so we already had a plan. Like, okay, we got to get to your house as fast as we can if he like breaks his face. Okay, because this is this is going to happen. And he comes out and he's fine. He's fine. And he hits the ramp perfectly. It's just that the ditch was way too wide. And his front tire hit right about a foot and a half below the top of the ditch. He technically would have made it if he would have rolled forward. <laughs> but he didn't. This is the type of arrogance that we can have with God. God says, man, I want, I, want I want to change you. I want to move you. I want to challenge you. Do you understand? Oh yeah, I got it. Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Two human men claiming instantaneously that they can hang on the cross, die like Jesus is going to die, and, and fulfill all of this stuff. It is nonchalantly. Yeah, sure. It's arrogance. Jesus is showing that He was going to be the sacrifice. Even after being in the meeting, even after listening to Jesus, we're not told in Scripture that they even asked their mom what she was going to ask Jesus. And if she had, I'm not sure it would have made a difference because she was already set in her agenda she was going to ask. They didn't stop her. It's like, it's like Eve gets the bad, the bad rap all the time for eating the fruit in the Garden of Eden. Listen, men, the Bible says that Adam was with her. And as your spiritual responsibility, he should have said something. So don't get ourselves off the hook because he was there. We can't work on our own agenda. We have to use God's. And they just nonchalant. Oh, yeah, we can do it. Cool. I have no idea what it means. Look at the next blank in your worship handout. Sometimes God calls God's calls you to do things that are in the spotlight, but many times He calls us to do things behind the scene. And you've seen the people that are in front of you that are that are, that are serving, that are doing things. Hmm. Without the people doing what they do behind the scenes at Connection, we could never do what we do. Absolutely! Exclamation point. It takes everybody. It takes everybody. And James and John, especially their mom, was not okay about being a behind-the-scenes person. We want the fame, don't we? I want to be known... Make much of me. When's the last time you said, "God, help me to make much of Jesus? Change it. Move it, Switch it. It's not right if it's about you. It's all about how we can serve God. Further His kingdom, because it's His breath. It's in our lungs, and we shout out His praise. How do you shout out His praise? Not just singing, by serving. other people, where you work, where you live. Acts of service is not just a love language that people are loved. It is a love language that every follower of Jesus needs to speak and they need to speak it well. They will will remember you for what you did. Not just giving lip service. Hey, I hope everything goes goes well. A 38 year old friend of mine that died yesterday. She had a lot of stuff going on. We don't know. We do not know how long we have here. Why would we not recall everything, keep remembering everything that Jesus has done for you and you give? I'm talking about passionately. Passionately. If you have a young kid, you have a young child and they come into into church and There's several of them. I got some. I got some. I got some short little buddies. Okay, they come in. Hey, Pastor Matt, what's up? I want them to see how much I love them. They're special. They're not just my kids. They're your kids. They're special. You know that. Some of you are going. Yep. Amen. My kids special. (laughs) It's okay. You're not being like their mom. Okay. That's, That's good pride and pride in our children. Listen, but sometimes we get stuck in this, the spotlight. All you got, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I just don't care for it. All you got to do is turn on an NBA game. Get these seven foot 12 people. Some of you will get that about noon. Seven foot 12, come on. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, all these people, big, huge, I mean, DNA complex, crazy people. These, these are huge people. They get paid an incredible amount of money to play a sport. And when you listen, I don't know how it's often asked of Phil Jackson in in the nineties, and I'm a huge I'm a big Bulls fan, I like Michael Jordan. Okay, he won six titles in seven years. It has often been asked of Phil Jackson, how in the world did you keep all of those guys playing in the same direction? There's so many egos. It's all about me. God calls us to be completely different. When we see a guy like Steph Curry, he's having to use his platform to engage people about how he's a follower of Jesus. That's different. That's just an opportunity. Look at the next verse. Verse 23. Look at this. Speaking of Jordan. Sweet. That's cool how that worked. But Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or left. He says this, it should have completely floored the disciples. But the fact of the matter is, some of the disciples were crucified upside down. Um, John actually lived the longest. He was exiled and then um, and, you know, he was boiled in oil and that didn't work. So, you know, that, you got that going for him, I guess. Uh, one of the disciples was drugged by his feet through town until he died. That's the bitter cup that they were going to get. But Jesus said, you can't, you can't do this because my Father has prepared those places for the ones He has chosen. Yeah. Him. <laughs> this is Jesus' chair. Okay? He goes, yeah, that, that, that place would be for me. When the ten other disciples... Uh, oh, boy. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. You know what they were? Miss Piggy. <laughs> they were mad. I love doing Miss Piggy. I don't think I do it well. I just like doing it. But he says this. Listen, they're, they're talking. So, so James and John and his mom are having this conversation. If you've ever coached anything, you've had one of these conversations. My son or daughter does not play enough. They don't play enough. I had a lady come onto a baseball field one time. And I had to tell her. I asked her three or four times. It was not any of you. Okay? And, I, and, and she said, I just do not get why my son is not playing we were in junior high baseball we had, I, had one, I had a kid that was throwing 84 miles an hour okay. we had a really good team and unfortunately there just wasn't a spot because he didn't have quite the talent I'm not being mean here but she comes onto the field and I said well time out I said let's get a meeting with my, with my superintendent and we'll go talk that's how it's supposed to be handled but I said when we go in there realize that she's not going to talk to you about playing time because they support the coaches in that that's what's going to happen She comes onto the field, through the gate. And I'm going, this is not going to go well. It's James and John's mom coming up to Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but this is a picture. And she said, I want you to tell me, this is almost word for word, I want you to tell me right now why my son is not playing on this baseball team. And I said, ma'am, I don't want to tell you that. Because if I tell you that, it's going to sound really mean. And the fact of the matter is you have a great son. And I don't want to tell you this right now because I don't want—I didn't want it to get heated. She said, you will tell me right now. And I said, okay. Your son can't get a bunt down. He couldn't hit 45 mile an hour pitching, let alone 75. Every time I hit him a ground ball in practice, I think he's going to break his nose. And he couldn't hit it way out of a wet paper bag. What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to lie? I know some of you are going, good night. <laughs> listen, that's how truthful Jesus comes and talks to us. It is. I'm, he's blunt. And some of you are going, you are the meanest coach. My kid will never play for you. Listen, she walked on to the field. I thought she was going to attack me. But I had, we, I had to show... I said, listen, it's not... a. I said, your son is one of the fastest kids I have on my team. He has a role. Do you know that? No, she'd been to two games all year. She couldn't tell you that he stole 18 bases because he was my best pinch runner. It was all about the fame. He needs to hit leadoff. He needs to do this. No, we all have a puzzle piece and it's not all leadoff. Not everybody can be Ozzie Smith. There will only be one because he's awesome. He's my favorite player ever and he's a cardinal and (laughs) when ten other disciples heard about James and John had asked they were indignant they were mad they come flocking in well it's not fair look at verse 25 Jesus calls them together again (laughs) these are separated by four verses these meetings are separated by four verses get them together talk one two three team. It all blows up in four verses. Get back here! If <laughs> you ever called a timeout and you didn't say anything that you wanted to say, and you're like, "Timeout again!" <laughs> Come back here. Jesus called them together and he said, "This, this was the real stuff." You know that the rulers in this world lord it over, lord it over their people, the, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. They knew it. They didn't like them. They didn't like how they ran things. And Jesus knew this. Verse 26, But among you, it will be different. He is calling them to a life of behind the scenes. They would give their lives serving, preaching, being in courtrooms, being found guilty, being punished, being sent back out, and continuing to preach. Because the gospel had made that big of a difference. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, you must be your servant. Jesus shows this when he washes the disciples' feet. And a little bit further down the road in Matthew, you see you see this picture is Jesus washing the disciples' feet, the last at the Lord's Supper, when he has the last supper with him. Whoever wants to be the leader has to be the biggest servant. This is hard for us. But among us it needs to be different. Among every single follower of Jesus Christ on this planet, it should be different. Our, the acts of service are not just for the people that we love. Followers of Jesus need to learn all five love languages, speak five different love languages, and love everybody how they need to be loved, because that's what sets us apart from the world. Is our love and God's love for us? It's not our agenda. And if you if you think that that sounded mean when I talked to that, I talked to that lady. By the end of our conversation, which lasted about 30 minutes, I was the last person to leave the field, I was able to show her her son's role and how big of a deal, how, how good he was doing. And we both understood one another. She didn't leave angry. I apologize. I said, if, if, if that sounded sharp or if you think I said that in a bad tone, I, I wasn't. I'm just... That's how it is. And she goes, well, I understand. Again, guess what? I saw that young man last week. He's doing great. You know what he called me when I, when I saw him? Hey, coach. See, it's not about, we, we not just her. I get, I get my agendas out of whack, too. We have to be the servants that God is calling us to be. So, how are you serving? Who are you showing love to? Among us, it has to be different. If you're new to Connection, there are some churches that do this, but at Connection, we don't even have a janitor. We have groups of people that help clean. Wild. But here's the deal. As a bonus for being one of the 11% of churches that are growing and will continue to grow because we're reaching... As a, as, a, as, a group of, as a person at 11 percentile churches, we're growing, so that means we have more people. Then we need more people to serve. I know, here you go. some of you are like, oh, we got, finally got that in there, didn't he?" Yeah, I did. Because sometimes people don't give because they don't know what the need is. We need people to help pop popcorn. We're helping first impressions. We need Jack asked a couple weeks ago, we need people to, to help play. So we can have kind of a rotation. See, when, 20 per, when 20% of the people do 80% of the work, I know what that's like. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm also a grandkid of a pastor. I get it. carried a lot of those tables. You know, the wooden ones that weigh 78 pounds, had the metal that cut your hands. I still have scars. Okay? The person that invented the plastic tables, love them. They, they, they get some kind of jewel, whatever that works in heaven. They get it. They get, because those are awesome. But we need people to help. In any capacity. You like to hold hold grandbabies? Oh, good. We have kids at church that you can you can adopt. Like, hey, you this would be my grandkid for today, because my grandkids live so far away, you can rock babies. <laughs> if you really like an adventure, and you really love and have a passion to see Jesus being taught to young kids. <laughs> Who come from Kids Rock? Those kids do rock. Sixteen of them last week helped serve in our community, and they taught me probably more in a couple hours than I had learned in a long time about the the opportunity to serve. You help with the, help with the youth. Help with help with thing help. Just we need it. And I said last week, any person or any any church that its its members. Sacrificially give. That doesn't mean giving the same. It means sacrificing the same. Any church that has a financial group of people that financially sacrifice for God will never ever have a problem with their budget. Ever. Ever. That's why Malachi 3 is so important. Bring your stuff in so everybody can eat. That's why it's so important. See, we need, we need to do this because it is... Listen, you have breath in your lungs today just on the good humor of God. The blessing of God. yet. Man, I can walk. Cool. Neat. I understand. On the good humor of God. You get the talents that you have by being blessed. Man. And I know a lot of people in here are already doing some things. If you're currently doing one of these jobs, it's very hard to catch them actually doing them. They're good. The people go into the bathroom, it's like a pit car tire change, pit, pit crew, like, shoom, foom, 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 foom. and they get it done. We have a serve one, sit one. You can serve in one service like the 9 or 11, and you can sit in the other one. one. One Sunday a month is all we ask. That's it. One Sunday a month. Look at the next verse on 27. I do have a wrap-up point. Look at this. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. That's what we don't like the, We don't like the word slave. We think it's negative. He's talking about being an ultimate servant because a slave... The slave would have been owned. And a slave, in order to be free, had to have something paid. It's known as a ransom. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. It is his breath in my lungs. I get to right. Wow. Ransom was a price paid to free a slave. Jesus looked through history, and he, you know who he saw when he looked through history? You and me. And he says, gonna give my life for them." Pay for their sins, that they can accept me as their savior, that I and they can live with me. He loves you this much so that they can live and dwell with me in heaven forever. This is saying lot. forever. Forever. How long is that? I don't know. It confuses me too. It doesn't matter. What a day that will be. We said that this morning with one of my one of my friends that came to church. I said, Man, what a day it is. He goes, What a day that will be. I said, Man, I cannot wait. We have work to do. So we worship while we wait. He came to be the ransom for many. If you have your worship hand at the very last blank. It says we are not called to do what the world is doing. Followers of Jesus are called to serve. Even when it's tough to do so. Even when it's inconvenient. Even when we don't want to. Even when you're eating nachos on your couch and somebody calls and says, hey, can you help me with this? Yes! <laughs> I'll tell you right now. There are people in my life that sacrifice so much to put into me that I would never... I, I, there's no way I would be alive. First of all, there's no way I'd be alive. And they, and they, they took a chance even on an, a, a moron like me. Some people would say, there's no hope for Him. Mm-mm. And it was those people that said, no, no, no. No, God changed me. Look at what He could do for you. And it says, among us, It will be different. Among us. Listen, maybe maybe you need to say, God, right now, I want you to move my agenda out of the way. Move it. Just move it. My life needs to reflect you. And my life has been reflecting me. It's not all about us. Your priorities are whacked out if they are. It's not right. It's not biblically correct. Our priorities have to be God. I'm asking God to set the southern half of this entire state on fire for Him. The southern half of the state. The southern half of the state of Illinois. I pray that we see a revival that none of us have ever even heard about. That God pours His Spirit out on us because He sees people, guess what? That are ready. (laughs) They're ready to do it. They're ready to go. And they're excited when they wake up because Jesus is the breath in their lungs. And it's not about them. Jesus changed the course of history with... the Twelve men, two of them including James and John. What can He do with us? What can you do to further the kingdom? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much. Taking a hard look at something that's very difficult to apply in our lives. And God, we thank you for your word because it's useful in correcting and teaching and rebuking us. God, it shows us what we're doing right. It shows us what we're doing wrong. God, I pray. I pray, God, that You start a revival of people. That, you, that we, God, can be used in a movement of You that we can't understand, that we can't possibly perceive, or that You would just set us all on fire to reach the people that we work with, the people in our family, the people that we play golf with, whoever we come in contact with, God. I pray. God, I pray that Your Spirit just be poured out onto this community, that Mount Vernon and Wayne City and Blueford and Salem and and everywhere. God, just see You. And that we get our agendas out of the way. We clear our plate and say, God, feed us. Send us. And may we be brave enough to say, I'll go. In Your name we pray. Amen.